0: and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Welcome to Democracy Ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm
2: Wajahat Ali, otherwise known as none of the other candidates.
1: <laughs> um, so, too soon? Too soon? Too soon. I mean, no, it's not. It's never too soon to diss uh, Nimrata, uh, aka Nikki Haley. So uh, tell the folks, Waj, um, what happened to Nikki? Because Nikki Haley clearly doesn't think that Nevada matters. Uh, as a state, but please tell people what happened to her there.
2: So uh, our favorite uh, South Asian sister running for uh, president uh, as a Republican, Nikki Haley, uh, born Nimrata to South Asian immigrant parents uh, who grew up in South Carolina as a result of the Immigration Nationality Act, passed on the backs and heels of the Civil Rights Act, which allowed her father to be an educator at a historically black college, that Nikki Haley, Mm. Uh, faced no major challengers earlier this week, specifically Tuesday, in Nevada's presidential primary. Let me repeat, she faced no major challengers, including Trump. Yet, Danielle, she still lost. 60% of the voters went for, and I'm not making this up, quote, mm-hmm. none of these candidates. And there you have it. And I'm- I would, let's just enjoy it for a second. None of these candidates beat Nikki Haley.
1: None of these candidates beat Nikki Haley. It is indeed impossible to lose to no one. (laughs) Like that's how much the Republican Party doesn't want to mess with Nikki Haley is that she lost to no one.
2: (laughs) No, no, she did lose to none of these candidates.
1: To none of these candidates, literally. No, no,
2: Danielle, but she did lose to none of these candidates. It's like an <laughs> Abbott and Costello routine. We could just keep going uh, for the next five minutes.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, um, she still, for some reason, thinks that she has a chance in hell. I think that she is just, you know, going to run out the clock and run out the money from her donors. Um, when asked about uh, Nevada, she said, well, what did, you know? what do we expect? We spent no money there, but I'm looking ahead to, you know, South Carolina, to uh, Super Tuesday and the rest of them. I mean, why, like, why why? won't she leave the race?
2: Well, as of this recording, uh, specifically about 40 minutes ago, Politico came out with a new Wisconsin poll that shows Trump tied with Biden and Haley ahead by 15 points. Mm. So I'm sure Haley sits there and thinks, you know what? Crime boss Trump, he might not last. He might not physically make it. He might be actually barred from running. Uh, he might be in jails. And guess who's going to be number two and snatch that mega crown? Me. So I think she's like, all right, my, my South Asian brother, Vivek, he's gone. Uh, Tim Lord. Scott has become a heterosexual man who is engaged to a live female person. And apparently. I like that has... you say
1: he's become heterosexual. <laughs> oh, sorry.
2: My bad. No, he is. I'm sorry. He is. My right, bad. Right, right, and right. And he has now eyeballs and teeth and a face Mm. uh, compared to the uh, posters. I'm a
1: real boy. (laughs) Yeah, because if
2: you remember, (laughs) and we always bring it up on this show because we must, his own campaign had posters of him as an anonymous black shadow without eyeballs and teeth. So he's like, hey all, I'm Tim Scott for Donald Trump. So the only other person left is Nikki Haley. So I'm thinking, she's thinking, there might be a chance. There might be a chance that they might love me. They might love me. They might actually put me in. And I always like to remind folks that Donald Trump mm-hmm. said Nikki Haley doesn't have the right complexion to be his VP, but she mm-hmm. still thinks she can win the MAGA nomination, Danielle. And I keep telling her, look at what they make you give, Nikki. Look at what they make you give. And you still end up second to none of these candidates.
1: To none of these candidates. It's like they are embarrassing you out in public and she's just trying to pretend like none of this is actually happening um <laughs> that she's just going toe to toe with Donald Trump and you know she's the woman in the race it's it's honestly it is a true Um, I guess what, is it like an act of disassociation? Like I have no, I don't, I don't know you know, I'm not a therapist, but this is what that looks like.
2: Well, that's what people of color who are now in the the MAGA party. I think you need a cognitive disassociation. They ain't talking about me. Well, they ain't talking about me. In this case, they are, they literally are talking about you, Nikki and Vivek. They literally are. But once you've given up and sold so much of yourself, your dignity, your people, your community, your worth. For the pursuit of power and greed, you get this. You get this, and 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 this is a thing that I also want to underscore, which is one of the 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 one of the diseases of the modern both sides discourse is that she is not a moderate Nikki, but she is posing. She's not a moderate, but she's posing as the moderate Nikki Haley to mm-hmm. extremist uh, Donald Trump. What moderation? What moderation? You tell me.
1: I mean, they still continue to say this on cable news all the time, like, well, as moderate Republicans think. And I'm like, who is that? Who Who is that? Who are you talking about? Um, but they still like to create this persona as if she somehow is a softer alternative when, in fact, we know that she is not.
2: Um, are they talking about the 60 moderate uh, GOP House I was members? Just, I was
1: just going to say, please, please tell, um... The, like because i I tweeted this was uh, about this point so sixty republicans uh, what signed on to a letter that Donald Trump did not participate uh, in an insurrection because in their mind there was no insurrection right like this this was a a a a tourist. Um, Mm. event that just didn't get the right permits, according to the Republican Party. That's what January 6th, 2021 was for them. And so they sign on to this letter to try and, um, you know, tip the scales of the courts that are hearing these cases on whether or not Donald Trump can appear on these ballots um, because of his participation in the insurrection and the 14th Amendment, which apparently the Constitution is neither here nor there. What I think is funny, though, and this is what I, I put out on, on the broadcast Twitter earlier this week, is I said, so if 60 Republicans, 60 members of Congress sign on to a letter that said Donald Trump landed on the moon, does that make it so? Does that make it so?
2: <laughs> and, you know, I'm glad we're spending time on this because I also tweeted out on the broadcast Twitter, now known as X, that this should be the biggest news of the week. And we're going to get to all the big news items. But I just want folks who listen to our show to just sit with us for a second. 60, not 16, mm-hmm. not 6, 6-0, nope. six, House Republicans led by Matt Gates and Elise Stefanik signed on to a letter saying that Donald Trump did not engage in an insurrection, that same violent insurrection led by Donald Trump and his cohorts that inspired and motivated Magum nuts to attack the u.s capital which led to the injury of about what, 150 police officers mm-hmm. led to the death of five folks including one cop mm-hmm. that violent insurrection that thankfully failed that we saw with our own damn two eyes they said no no that wasn't an insurrection and those nuts like um who was that lady who who they make into a martyr who got radicalized by no, the, the one
1: that was Wait, is this who the one who got shot that and killed? Who was shot and killed. I cannot remember her name.
2: Yeah. I mean, Well, who cares? Let's not even name her. Oh, but wow. They okay. refer yeah. to her okay. as a martyr. Yes. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene refers to these. Mm. Ashley Babbitt. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Q. Thank you, Q. That's Q. our producer, Q. He actually exists. <laughs> Ashley Babbitt. They refer to Ashley Babbitt as a martyr. Marjorie Taylor Greene refers to these freaks as political prisoners. She refers to them as hostages. And I'm sitting here thinking, why is this not the number one news? That 60 of our elected officials who are cowering for their lives, being protected by the same Capitol Hill law enforcement that they threw under the bus, literally the 60 lawmakers and their allies and, 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 you know, fellow Republicans, who are running around, calling their wives, thinking that they were going to be killed by the same base that they have radicalized. Remember Mr. Man, Josh mm-hmm. Hawley, running away. But then his
1: fist, his but then fist. his fist.
2: But now here we are, where all of them are like, no, 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 he didn't engage in an insurrection. And these are also, by the way, I lo- it's just so exquisite, constitutionalists who say, man, we have to read the original letter of the law, man, And you read the Constitution and the 14th Amendment, very clearly, bars anyone... Who leads a rebellion or insurrection from holding office? And also, these the same <laughs> Republicans are all about states' rights. Meh. Now they're saying, how can Colorado and Maine kick off Trump from the ballot? Forget states' rights. Which just goes to prove, folks, they don't give a shit about the Constitution, about freedom, about democracy, about rule of law, about law enforcement. They're a right-wing authoritarian movement who just want power. And why do we tolerate it?
1: I, I have no idea, and I love the breakdown and the the sound effects. The the thing that I have to ask you, my friend, as a trained lawyer, mm. is the argument that is being made by Trump's team, right? That is going in front of the Supreme Court, right, uh, in in a couple of days, is that the president is not an officer of the country, right? <laughs> like that. That, that when, when they were writing the Constitution in the 14th Amendment and they said specifically that an officer of the country that commits, that, that participates in an insurrection cannot then hold office again, the, uh, one of the arguments that is being made is that being president, you as commander in chief, you are not an officer of the country, nor did you swear an oath. Waj, I did not go to law school. You did. Make that argument make sense.
2: I can't because he literally holds the executive office. He's the president of the United States of America. He swears an oath. And just because you are a president or if you're a Supreme Court justice or if you're a senator, that that does not make you, at least in the United States of America, at least according to the law, at least according to the Constitution, if it matters, and clearly (laughs) it's just Plato to Republicans, a dictator. An authoritarian. You're not above the law. You're not above it. Doesn't mean you know, Supreme Court justice. I am a Supreme Court justice. I can kill someone. You can, but <laughs> if we find the smoking gun, uh, you're gonna get indicted, and most likely you're gonna get convicted and you're gonna go to jail. And thankfully, thankfully, we had a three-panel judge in appellate court in Washington, DC, mm-hmm. two uh Democrat appointed judges, and one, one Republican, Republican appointed judge unanimously say, Donald Trump, we have heard your bullshit. And verily, we reject this bullshit. You are actually citizen Trump, and you do not have quote unquote immunity mm-hmm. just because you were president.
1: Right. And this is, I mean, it was unanimous. And what we know is that this is going to be either kicked to the full appeals uh panel or just go, they're gonna appeal it right up again to the Supreme Court, which Donald Trump has stacked. And, you know. The 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 response, the fifty-seven page response that this the court put out said exactly that. Um, so immunity, you know, it, it, should, it should have
2: been a one line. It should, it it should live have been a perfect. Been. It should just have been this uh, bullshit.
1: Right, <laughs> but it's like here you immunity president, you get on the helicopter, you fly off of the south lawn on Inauguration Day, you are no longer president. That helicopter is no longer Air Force One or Helicopter One or whatever. It's just a helicopter. So I don't understand. Again, I I don't think, Waj, and you tell me, I don't think that the goal here is just to provide full blanket coverage for Donald Trump. I also think, that the nefarious goal of these Trump attorneys is to just undo our laws. Yeah. Like just, just everything that we have n- not just like nodded and smiled at, but assumed to be true, their goal is just to undo all of it. And and as I, I believe that the attorney that is representing Trump uh in this 14th Amendment case. He's the one of the reasons why Roe v. Wade is overturned mm. because of his initial case that he brought in Texas. I I need to look up this man's name um, that he brought, but that all of the cases that this one guy and I have to I have to find his name that he is bringing up is all about undoing the law and getting rid of what he refers to as "quote unquote" judicial supremacy.
2: Oh yeah 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 because when uh, the judiciary does its job and acts as a check because we have a system of checks and balances, a separation of powers, then it is judicial activism. But when uh, a majority uh, of unelected uh, judges in black robes decide to lie and undo a right that women have enjoyed, the right to privacy, uh, then it's fine that doesn't matter, even though the majority of the country is against it. right? So again, this what we're witnessing, and I'm glad you're teasing this out, is a entire conservative movement and political party that is no longer beholden to the majority, is not beholden to the Constitution, is not beholden to the rule of law, is not beholden to democracy. It is beholden to Donald Trump, who has openly said that, I'll be a dictator, but only for the day, only for a day, I'll be a dictator. And to quote Steve Bannon, what did he say was a strategy for media? Flood the zone with bullshit. And Mm -hmm, what is mm the strategy mm -hmm. for any machinery or institution that tries to hold these people accountable? They throw sand in the gears. Look what's happening in Georgia with Fannie Willis, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, This mm -hmm. bullshit about, oh, I I don't don't even want to repeat it, but like, whatever. Like now this is the distraction from what is the real story is that you kind of have Trump dead to rights on tape trying to convince the Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger of Georgia to find the votes to give him Georgia, right? Mm -hmm. But if you just put sand in the gears, you slow it down, you flood the zone with bullshit, you confuse people, then justice gets delayed. Both sides. Was Mm -hmm. it an insurrection? Were they actually political prisoners? Was it an inside job by the FBI? I don't know. Let's have on both sides to discuss News at 11.
1: From the New Yorker staff writer, Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
2: You know, Danielle, as a 43-year-old man, I grew up in a generation where going to therapy was frowned upon. My wife, and we have a great relationship, said, hey, let's go to couples therapy. I'm like, woman, what are you talking about? I will never go. Why? Are you unhappy? She goes, no, no, it'll just improve our relationship, right? Then we went to couples therapy, and it made a good relationship great.
1: I love that for the both of you. And I can say on just my personal experience, going one-on-one to therapy has really changed. Changed. My ability to manage stress has helped me do my job better, right, and be able to find gratitude to really, you know, become more nimble in terms of how I see the world, how I see myself and my role. And to have somebody that you can talk to has been a game changer.
2: And so if you're listening to us and you're really thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule.
1: Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash democracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash democracy. Yeah. Here's, here's what I want to say um, about uh, what I said earlier. The lawyer is not who I'm referring to in the Trump case. It is um, this prominent conservative what a legal scholar and i use that tongue in cheek michael uh j michael luddig um who's a former judge on the us court of appeals he's the person that uh preempted and floated this idea around um the president not being able to be indicted i mm. mean not 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 being able to um, to be uh, disqualified uh, vis a vis the 14th Amendment. Um, he also argued that what it, what it, I want to read what this says right here uh, from Politico, which is that um, in recent months, thanks to the work of J. Michael Luddig, a prominent conservative legal scholar and former U.S. Court of Appeals judge, who together with the liberal law professor Lawrence Tribe, Promoted the idea that the Fourteenth Amendment. Oh, he promoted the idea. He's, that been, good. Did, he's, been, he's the guy, been good. He's been the guy. He's been good. He's been the guy
2: who actually has been trying to hold Trump accountable. He's been the guy that Mike Pence consulted. He was the man, if you remember, during the impeachment hearings, who came in and gave that stunning. People made fun of him for being so slow, but he was very deliberate. He's been the one yes. who is the conservative who's tried to uphold the Constitution and rule of law.
1: He is not their friend. And so this is I mean I just think what what is going to kill me I guess Waj, is that we don't know like we we think that this argument is absolutely you've said bullshit more in this episode than I think you've said the entire time we've ever recorded <laughs> and the thing is is that it's a 50-50 toss up if the Supreme Court lets this argument stand from the yeah. Trump team yeah. because of how they, I mean, and this is not at all going to be based on the law or facts. It's just going to be based on Clarence Thomas, who has a billionaire sugar daddy, Mm -hmm. right? Kavanaugh, who was forced in uh, by by Trump and Mitch McConnell, Coney Barrett, like these are not people who are going to go, you know, really meticulously through the law. They don't, they've already made up their, their minds. So I, I just look at this and I, and I, and I'm, and I'm terrified.
2: You know, they're trying everything. Cause if you remember last year, um, they tried some bullshit called the independent state legislature theory that they, mm-hmm. that would give them credence to enact their plan, their coup plan by taking the election away from uh the people who are the ones in charge and then giving it to right uh the right wing hacks who will then reject uh the the electoral votes and then give it to their own appointed cronies, right? And Justice Ludig, again, the conservative retired judge was the one who said this is nonsense. This is in his words, well, in my words, uh Cliff note Cliff noting what he said was bullshit, but it went to the Supreme Court and you're sitting there, like literally on you know, pins and needles oh my God, this is clearly nonsense. This is clearly dangerous. But maybe the Supreme Court might actually side with a criminal, reckless, potentially illegal precedent just to give Trump power, right? Like you don't know. And we've spent this episode talking about how this is nonsense, but we sit here and if it does go to the Supreme Court, Do you have faith in the Supreme Court to do the right thing, Danielle? Do you have faith in the Supreme Court to uphold the constitution and rule of law for the sake of upholding our democracy? I do not. I do not.
1: I I, I do not. Um, And finally, for the love of God, Google is my friend. Uh, Trump's lead attorney is Jonathan Mitchell. And he is the one that has been trying to convince judges um, with this idea of part and parceling out oh, well, he's not really an officer. He's not really this, like the president is a king, like all of these little trip-ups that are bringing these cases before serious judges that have no business being brought. And I think that what frustrates me is that it took the the three panel judge judges in DC three weeks to make this decision that, like, again, I don't have a law degree and I should, I shouldn't need one to know that, what Donald Trump is doing, what these lawyers are doing is malicious. And it is just like these, it's like death to democracy by a thousand cuts. That's, exa- that, well, and that's just, exactly And it. just to bleed us out.
2: And and not just, you know, attacks on the judiciary, attacks on the rule of law, attack, attacks on Congress folks. It is a, a word that I, we've brought up on the show that I want to again, bring up stochastic terrorism that has now just accepted, right? The fact that we had McKay um, Coppins here was an author, uh, and I mentioned this recently, he talked about how Romney told him and other uh, conservatives who were off the record that they're afraid of their own base. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of their own base. and And it's just a story that, just again, I want to and bring up and tell
1: them why they should be afraid of their well, own base. <laughs> well, because
2: their base wants to kill them. Here's another story that, if it was a black man or a Muslim, would be leading the news right now. But again, just lasted for a few hours. A man was arrested for trying to kill immigrants and federal law enforcement. He was plotting mm-hmm. with militia members because he believed in the right-wing, quote-unquote, invasion conspiracy. So he wanted to go to the border and kill these immigrants and federal law enforcement. And they finally caught him, thankfully. And the plot did not go through. But he was using the rhetoric that is now all over right-wing media and being parroted by conservative lawmakers. And by the way, was used by Trump right before the 2018 midterm election. And right when that happened, folks, I got to remind you that Robert Bowers a white man, radicalized online, went and shot and killed 11 Jews at the Tree of Life Synagogue in uh, Pennsylvania because he wanted to punish the invaders. And this keeps happening, Danielle, again and again and again. And also, I think we brought this up last week. It bears reminding uh, the judge told uh, the jury, for your own safety, don't tell anyone that you were on uh, served, served in this case.
0: But instead, inst- we keep taking it. Hey, I'm aloke the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves—real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor thin margins. Listen to Build the Change Now wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues
1: Instead of the media, mainstream media, running with these stories that connect the dots of how violence in this country has been escalating over the last nine years, they just pretend that these are still siloed acts of violence. That it's like, oh, that these people are not being um, brainwashed and hyped up on all of the lies. I mean, there was a caravan Right, that MSNBC just followed as they went to the border to see the invasion Mm. with their own eyes. And they rolled up their watch. And you know what they saw? Nothing. Mm. Nothing. They didn't see anything. And then they said, Oh, we've been lied to. Shocker. News at 11.
2: Well, well, the the other news at 11 is uh, Republicans have been running on border security, border security, border security. Democrats, and I've been critical of them. Uh, on this, gave everything in that bill to them, and at the last second, failed. Even mm-hmm. today, failed again. So here they are, and Democrats are like, "All right, we'll take you up in your gambit." Republicans, we'll support uh, this this border security if it also includes aid to Ukraine. And Republicans are like, "Donald Trump said do 'Don't do it because it'll make Biden look good dead.'" Mm-hmm. And then also, they tried to impeach uh, DHS Secretary Mayorkas. But uh, thank God for democracy. Republicans don't know how to count. Count.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, they did try and ban Sesame Street. So that would make sense that and, they didn't know. how to No, count. but tell
2: us, tell us why they don't know how to count. What happened um, last night?
1: Because apparently they were too busy looking at what Democrats were doing on the other side um, and saying, <laughs> what did Marjorie Taylor Greene say? That they hid, they hid people, they hit them. Right. Because uh, Congressman Al Green came in at the last minute and was able to cast his vote, even though he literally came in like in hospital gown, like to cast the ballot after surgery um, to avoid this impeachment. And Marjorie Taylor Greene gets on TV talking about they hid people, blah, blah. Let me tell you something that Nancy Pelosi said this week. Uh Uh, On 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 uh, cable news when she was just like, you know, here's the thing about being speaker. Um, You need to count (laughs) like you need to count your votes. You don't worry about the other side's votes. You need to count your own votes, which require you to actually whip those votes Mm. and have those votes. She said already in your pocket before you go to the floor and embarrass yourself. And let me say the funniest thing that I saw on the internet was a tweet that said Mike Johnson got so railed on the floor, his son got a notification because if you all remember (laughs) him and his son apparently check each other's pornography intake. So, Which is totally normal say. thing
2: to do. With uh, father-son
1: activities. The, Not uh, really.
2: That was gold. That was gold standard. Uh, this is where we're at, folks. This is where we're at. And this is why elections matter. This is why staying engaged matters. This is why showing up matters. This is why voting matters. This is why collaborating across communities matter. Because we are dealing with mm-hmm. a fundamental, legitimate, dangerous, violent threat not only to our lives, but also to democracy. And we try our best every week to sound the alarm. But since I'm a brown man, and Danielle's a black <laughs> woman, instead of being treated like Paul Revere, they, like, shoot us. We're like, and like they always joke, yeah. like, we're like, hey, the British are coming, the British are coming. But if they saw us on horses, they'd be like, ah, look at those blacks and browns. And they'd shoot us, and as we we're dying, we're like, we just wanted to help you. <laughs> and we'd die. But the good Basically. news is, some respect, for for uh, the melanin, the proof that black don't crack, uh, I wanted to end it on a positive note, is that America, especially the youth, discovered the beauty and genius of Tracy Chapman.
1: Ah, yes. That wa- I mean, that was honestly a gorgeous sight of the Grammys. I don't really watch award shows anymore um, because I am of the age where I'm like, who is that? What song is this? Who is that? What song is this? Um, but when Tracy Chapman came out, uh, it was beautiful, a beautiful sight to see. Uh, and now uh, Fast Car is number one on yep. iTunes yep. after how many decades? Like 30 years. Um, and it, it's it's awesome, right? So welcome to those who didn't know who Tracy Chapman uh, was. Um Oh, friends! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Waj, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to Democracy Ish. I'm Danielle Moody.
2: How would you have to leave?
1: And we will be back next week, if in fact we have a country left. Inshallah.